0: To the podcast today, it's possibly the second episode of the day that you're getting a big-time guest has been a score that'll be on in just a couple of minutes. Um, he is now on top of me with TED Talks two to one. I don't. I'm not going to give any more if I. If I do, it'll be way, way, way down the line. I've got a lot more to learn before another TED Talk, but his TED Talk is now up, and what he talked about, um, he'll touch on briefly. One quick thing, by the way, that guest is arguably the uh, the most famous person here in Toledo. Jaden Jefferson will be on today's podcast episode. One thing, we talked a couple of weeks ago about um, mocktails. I asked Mary Bilyeu, former food editor and so much more at The Blade, I always ask her to talk about food and drink trends. She mentioned that mocktails are a thing. Um, I saw several times over the weekend people saying don't pressure somebody to drink if they don't want to drink. I completely support that. Like you're going to tell somebody they should put toxins, that's what the alcohol is, put these toxins into your body. And oh yeah, by the way... This will also change how you think about things and distort your thoughts. It could lead you to some very lousy decisions. Yeah, put that all in your body. That sounds ridiculous, right? I will say what I said a couple weeks ago with Mary. Um, If you're drinking a mocktail to fit in, you still might not You've, you might be a square peg in a round hole because while your drink may look and taste the same, you're not getting that extra feeling that they're getting from the alcohol. But whatever, oh, and by the way, you're also, if you're like this, um, you're drinking empty calories, at least they're getting inebriated from it. But from your mocktail, it's probably unnecessary sugar and calories. But let the mocktails rain. Don't give people a hard time for not drinking and consider them when you invite them to things or want them to be a part of things or you go be a part of things with them. Don't give people a hard time who don't want to drink. Not, And I'm not even talking about people who are in recovery for alcoholism or another kind of substance abuse. Maybe they just don't want to drink. Maybe because they're driving your ass around, so don't give them a hard time, and remember that. You will remember this person, because he, again, is arguably the most famous person that has been on the podcast. He is my one degree of separation from Brad Pitt and Ellen. He's Jaden Jefferson. I want to welcome back to the studio Jaden Jefferson, the one and only, or is, do you still get called the Ellen Kid?
1: You know, I just actually heard it today, so it's still a commonplace thing to say the Ellen Kid, so... I'm not offended. I like it. No,
0: no, no. I mean, you had a great time on those shows, right?
1: Yes. Experiences that you'll never forget. Things you'll never forget. And what I really regret most is not knowing just how big a deal Los Angeles in general was. Because I think at this point, looking at Los Angeles, I didn't realize I was really in just the heart of Celebrity Town USA. Right. So I didn't realize that there are many, very, there are a lot of rich people, celebrities that live here, <laughs> and this is their life. Yeah. I got their life for four days.
0: If you. If you went to like a Whole Foods, you might run into some pretty famous people. But I think like, they all live there because they get treated as normally as they possibly can. Because when you're an A-list celebrity, you don't want to be hounded. You want to go to Whole Foods. So you go to the Whole Foods where there's other A-list celebrities. And you all watch each other eat each other's boogers or something like that. Like normal human beings.
1: Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. It's like being in Los Angeles was such a different experience. Because, I mean, we all have our places that we kind of partake in and go to here in Toledo. But being in Los Angeles, it was just such a different culture. I Mm -hmm. mean, but I would like to compare it like this. I think after having recently went to the Old West End, imagine if the Old West End was the entire city. That's Los Angeles.
0: In that it's, it is- Very diverse. Right, a collection of people from, you've got like some older people like Gloria, who just wants to go to the house tours. But then you have people who are- Hawking their wares on porch parties, but also something, somebody that that you could say, you know, the parade, the circus part of it ended like six hours ago. This is how I normally dress. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a collection of people.
1: It definitely is a collection of people, a really unique neighborhood, and I really loved getting to know some of the people there, so much so that I was like, man, I want to move here. And then I realized, to do that, you have to have money, and that's where that conversation ended. So, yeah, I mean, I wish I could live there. I mean, I might you just might find me in the commons, you know, spending my weekends. You never know.
0: I wanted to, I thought about moving to the Old West End as well. I considered it when I was looking for a place to live. I had a lot of friends that live there, I've been in many of the houses, and then once I dove into what it. What it takes to maintain a home. And as and I was talking, less, so like 2016, 17, 18, the homes were reasonably priced, all things considered, for the, the size and scope of them. But I can't I can't fix anything in those Those houses are like 100 plus years old.
1: And a lot of them don't come with air conditioning. You uh-huh. have to pay to install it. Yep. So interestingly enough, I was on the one house tour and of course they didn't have it. For me personally, I would try to make the accommodation just for how much I love the neighborhood. Like for me, it looks like we're just going to have these little buckets of ice under the windows. We're going to put a little window fan in there, air conditioning. That was my plan.
0: You you really need to know what you're taking on if you decide to become a resident, especially buy a home in the old West End. It's not like, uh, unless you have the knowledge and expertise, it's not a good starter home unless you're DIY everything. Because- If something goes, it's likely a certain product or part hasn't been made in decades. Yeah,
1: that's the other downside, right? Because a lot of these homes are older homes, and a lot of them, of course, were built around the same time by the same people. I am pretty certain of the fact that there were definitely specialty companies that were selected to make some of these things. Maybe some of them are still around, but they're out of that business, most of them are probably long gone. Very so, long gone. What you're going to need to get for a home in the Old West End, you're not going to find at Ikea. I mean, yeah. you're, you're out of luck.
0: Um, the, you, you covered it most of the weekend, or was it mostly just Saturday?
1: Mostly Saturday. Sunday was kind of the day off, but I think having been in the Old West End so much that week, it was like I never left. Right. Because that week I, of course, taped a special edition of Toledo News this morning, airing Saturdays at 7 a.m. on my YouTube account. But uh, that was kind of fun just to be able to go out there and tour some of the homes ahead of time. But I think coming back on Saturday, it was so different because this is the type of thing we were building up to. And it was surely a lot of people that were down there. It was busy.
0: I like to put that parade near, it's inching up to where we are. Like I said, the marquee events that we have on the calendar opening day, the Coleman race, um, the pride parade, is is the Toledo event not just a pride yes. thing? And and the Old West End uh, Festival King Llama Parade that Saturday morning is inching up on that
1: one. Yeah, it's a unique experience, too, just for the vendor's sake. And as I mentioned earlier, I would have definitely went down the vendor's row if I had the money because I'm also very careful about spending decisions, especially now in this time of year. I'm like... Okay, what do I need for summer? What can wait? I saw so many vendors, and I really hate I missed out on a couple, but it's all good. I'll see them around town because I found them on social media.
0: It sounds like this was the most experience you've gotten in the Old
1: West End Festival. Oh, yes, definitely, because last year I wasn't even even able to make the home tours just for the fact that I was busy doing something else. This year, I actually got the whole experience, not just coming on Sunday when there are very few people there. So it was good to be out there on Saturday because I think it's also cool to see that there are so many different businesses in Toledo. I mean, you think you know all of them. You really don't. I mean, everyone has these unique interests and passions. And I think you definitely got to see it at the festival because they just had a whole row of vendors. I'm glad you got so immersed in it.
0: As I'm I'm going through the the years now, 2019. That was that was Ellen kid year. Yes, I don't I don't know if you went, but then twenty twenty and twenty one, we didn't have Old West End Festival. Right. So it was back last year and this year. So yeah, I'm glad you had a really good time and got to experience all that it is.
1: Yeah, I found my future home, so it's like I have to start saving now because these houses, I know they're going to go up in price. So. I'm going to have to start saving now if I want to live there.
0: I hope, again, you have some DIY ability or know somebody who does.
1: I don't have the patience, Eric. That's a lot. <laughs>
0: then I, I hope you're going to have the money to, like me, have know what you don't know and pay someone to do it.
1: Exactly. That's what I want out of everything in life. I'm just giving you the money and you take care of the rest. Yep. That's what I
0: want. You had mentioned that... Um, people have no idea what they don't know when it comes to things happening like places that you and I might know a lot of because we're, we're news hounds right um it's our jobs our responsibilities our privilege to disseminate things that people might not know about but people can walk down the old west end festival there could be a food truck that was packed and somebody who lives in perrysburger mommy might have never yeah. heard of it um you are when it comes to ted talks it's eric one Jaden now two yes this is why I wanted to have you come visit um your school mommy Uh, Mauling Valley Country Day held a uh, a junior TEDx
1: talk. Yeah, the TEDx event where they bring together all the area high school students and We all got the opportunity to do a talk, some shorter, some longer, about an issue that we're very passionate about. And, of course, for me, local journalism. We're
0: going to come back to yours in a second. Um, What were some of the other kids, what did they talk about? What were they passionate about?
1: The youth are engaged. Let me first start with that. The youth. Yes. The the youths. youths. (laughs) Yeah, the youths and their TikToks and their Twitter books and their everything. They're so engaged. So we have some people that were talking about AI. There was a talk about basically standing up for yourself and having that discussion because many youth don't want to do that. And then, of course, there was also this interesting topic about bringing back animals that had went extinct. It's a real thing, and it was done before.
0: Dinosaurs?
1: Not dinosaurs. I hope that's not a thing that science considers, but, I mean, it's 2023. It you did happen.
0: see Jurassic Park, didn't you?
1: <sighs> yeah, that was a... I have. I saw a little bit of it.
0: Okay, well... It it never ends well. Something always goes sideways with the dinosaurs and people wind up dying.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much the premise of
0: it. What were some of the animals that they talked about? Like a woolly mammoth?
1: We're talking like on the smaller scale. I don't remember the exact animal, but these are like, you know, species that often are overlooked. So it wasn't really anything grandiose just yet, but there were definitely some smaller species that they're looking at
0: right now. Okay. fascinating to hear the kids i'm sorry that i missed out the the nami walk went a little bit longer and that started earlier than yes. i expected um these all these talks are now posted up on the ted account correct
1: yes so they're all on the tedx youtube channel and the thing about that channel is there are talks that are coming in globally all the time so they're always updating it so if you wanted to scroll for them you it take a while so the best way to do it is to search tedx mommy valley country day school and then you'll get the recent
0: one um I, I grabbed yours because yours was straight out links but Jaden jefferson tedx toledo thankfully their search engines work really well yes um tell
1: me about what you talked about man it's a fascinating issue right local journalism so basically the way i led this with was people think it's a dying thing when the numbers show otherwise and local journalism is surging right now because Mainly, there's a lot of mistrust in national media. But the issue that we're having in local journalism with this being a growing industry is that oftentimes with any media industry, we're seeing issues with regard to how the finances are handled. Mm -hmm. Right. So everything's cheaper, more cheaply produced. And it's a challenge that we're dealing with. Right. Because recently, Channel 24 ceased their news operation, Mm -hmm. which was something that you would have thought had happened before because they had struggles with those ratings, and that was only due to the fact that there wasn't an investment in the local product. So they could have went very far had they had the investment, but companies, they're only looking at their bottom line and what looks best for them. So I can respect it from that angle, but it really disenfranchises communities when we do that.
0: Sure. Why should people care about, it's ridiculous that we have to ask this question yes. in, in this time, but you know, why? why should people care about local journalism?
1: It's where all the decisions are made, right? We all look at Washington for decision-making when all the decisions that directly impact us, that happens on the local level. And I just think from a journalism perspective, it really does hurt to see politicians get away with certain things, and local journalism prevents that from happening. We're the only ones holding these politicians accountable because... Here's the thing. They don't care if the story is seen by everyone else except the people in their district, right? Because if there was a scandal and the rest of the country found out, boo-hoo. But locally, as long as the people here don't know about it, they don't care. And it's important that those viewers locally are aware of what their elected officials are doing.
0: Why don't you think more people are tuned in? Not like us, right? but... Why do you think more people are tuned in to what is happening locally with the news? I'm sure some of it stems from people hear news, group it all together, and think right. it's all bad. But that's not the case. So why do you think more people don't know what's going on?
1: It definitely can be overwhelming from, some, from some, for some people. I mean, I know people that are tuned out just for that reason. But I also think that there are people that view news as a thing where older people watch. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, only the old people care about what's happening. And I think that's kind of been how it's been portrayed over time. And I think that we all have stories, maybe our parents watching the news, grandparents watching the news. I think it's always been perceived as something only older people should care about, when in reality, we're all impacted by these same things. So I know a lot of people that are, you know, attending my school who are passionate about gun violence. But what you won't see is them watching the news to see what their elected officials are doing.
0: So where are they hearing about gun violence?
1: They're just sharing things from Instagram. Right. Which anyone who knows me knows, no, we really need to be engaged and we need to actually be paying attention to the facts of every story and then saying from there, okay, what is our part in this? How does this impact me? What can I do? So I always encourage people to do that deep dive and research because Instagram's only going to give you what we already know. Now we got to go deeper into this. Or
0: someone's personal agenda or perspective that might not be educated, but because it maybe looks nice or is entertaining, you then deem it as news. Uh, how, How ugly can things get if people follow news sources on social media platforms? And we'll include TikTok in that, obviously. Yes.
1: I mean, it can get really ugly, right? Because we have a lot of misinformed people out there. You know, if everyone is just coming at each other, then that's not going to be, you know, productive. For me personally, the benefit of hearing both sides of the story is you really do know what you're talking about at that point, right? You know how to argue something. And then on top of that, maybe your side is hiding something from you. But if you're only following your side, you're only going to hear what they want you to hear. So say you have an elected official that you're, you know, in their fan club, right? You support them. Well, Look at their record. Only the news is going to show you their record because they're not going to show you that they voted no on this very thing you're supporting them for. Mm -hmm. Only the news is going to give you that. They're not going to give you that.
0: How can, I agree with your your point of news is for older people. Right. And and to be quite honest, like I I know when I've had Dan Ortiz in, in here and he is as passionate a younger person right. in politics as anybody his age can be. And I found that, like like anybody young, when I was young, I didn't really care about the news. Like presidential elections every handful of years, but other than that, like news, local news, the things that you say, and they do matter, didn't really care much about. But then you want to buy a house, and you think about taxes and school districts, and then slowly as you get into a different part of your life, you begin to care a little bit more, and then yeah. you become that, that older person. How can we or they get younger people to care other than flat out becoming TikTok stars
1: yes i love this question so i think the biggest thing is realizing that all news isn't the same because there is always going to be a human interest story that appeals to everyone so a lot of the stories i'm covering you know half of them you may see on the news half you may not but I think that it's important to just realize that local news offers far more than the stabbing your taxes and the weather. It's a lot more than that.
0: That's a good one.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of stories out there. I right. mean, a lot of great reporters that are searching for them, you know? So there is a lot of positive that come out of watching local news. And then on top of that, you just feel more connected to your community. because. When you don't leave your bedroom, I don't think you can really feel connected. And on top of that, you're watching a feed from someone who lives out in L.A. who's making thousands off of you scrolling through their feed. Yeah. So I think it's better to be connected. I wish
0: I wish there was a way to get people as passionate and involved as they are when there's some type of local tragedy. Right. I just saw this morning that there was a house fire out in Oregon. Yes. And the family lost everything. This community gets... A very high grade for me. When someone or something is in distress, those GoFundMes always blow the doors off of things. And I wish we could channel some of that towards local news. Not the stabbings and whatnot. We all all want less violence, gun violence, all that stuff. But some of the more day-to-day things that you might deem as mundane, because as you pointed out, the more we know what's going on, the better decisions we can make and we can raise the entire community
1: up. Yeah, I think it's just important to get the point across that local journalists, I know a lot of people out there are just pessimistic based off of their Facebook feed about media, news in general. I can just tell you based off of everything I know about local journalism and all the journalists I've met, literally the new college student that just got hired does not have time to make you upset. They do not have time to lie about a candidate for you. Half the time, they don't even know what you're talking about. Right. So I think it's important to make them realize that Local journalism really is telling stories, accountability, all of those things, all of the things we expect out of national media. And for me personally, I know a lot of people that watch a lot of cable news. That's not a part of my news diet just for the fact that one, half the time it's not really news. And the second part is who needs that in their life? Yeah. I mean, we have a busy mind already. It's much better to stay tuned to your local news sources as well as even your network newses, news sources. So, it's,
0: all that stuff is, is, especially in the middle of the day, Yeah, it's for entertainment. It's right. to keep you glued and maybe a little outraged from time to time. You, We've had a lot of turnover. Uh, we've lost a lot of good uh, multimedia journalists, um, reporters here in the area. We've seen a lot of our friends dip out and get out of here. And I know that we're both disappointed by losing those people because yes. they were valuable to the community. But in some cases, they want to get out because they're not being treated well, which good for them. Or they're talented and they move on to bigger markets like somebody like A.B. Steigerwald. Yeah. Like our community is lesser having lost her to go to Columbus. But that's kind of the way our industry works. Many people want to start out in smaller media markets and get to big ones. Yes. There's very few people, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head, who will come here and stay here for the entirety of their life because there is a ceiling and they want to make more money or do more things. What insight, and I think you are well within your right and scope to offer this, What do you offer to these kids who are just out of college, some kid that's just out of BG or UT, and all of a sudden they're out in the mean streets of Toledo covering some of these really serious stories where the community needs and deserves answers and transparency? What's your advice to
1: them? I think my biggest pitch is that things will be difficult. I'm not even going to act like they're not and that it's all sunshine and rainbows. There will definitely be difficult stories out there. But I think that Toledo has a unique opportunity for these students. And the fact that I think Toledo viewers are more patient in some ways, obviously, there may be those viewers out there that are like, I don't like this person. But I think that Toledo viewers are open to you making mistakes, and it's a type of community where you can really lean in and grow because, like we mentioned, the old West End is quite a community there. Mm-hmm. I think Toledo has a lot of unique communities, and once you start making those connections, it's going to feel very rewarding. but then there's also the opportunity to cover stories that make change. I think that when we're out there, we start to realize issues, and local journalists have a role in addressing these issues. We are the ones out there
0: conversely, how do you tell um, an older viewer? Someone in their 50s or 60s or even 70s, how do you reasonably speak to them and say, give this person who is six weeks out of BG a chance?
1: I think the biggest thing is realizing they're public servants. You know, I think that it's it makes sense to want to hold a TV reporter in more high regard, you know, because, well, you expect a good quality of product. But think about just how on the mayor's case you may be. Think about things like that. Right. Because. Obviously, reporters are more visible, right? So you're going to see them more often. You're going to see them out there covering stories, and you're going to have a lot of critique. We'll just keep that same critique in mind when it comes to public officials as well, any other public official, because that's the part of this that we're missing is that local journalists are public officials in that way. We're serving the community. We're getting results. And those are all things I think a healthy community needs. So I think realizing that they do have a role to play more than just their on-air appearance, it goes a long way
0: what's your favorite thing about what you do and what have you learned in your four years now of doing this as avidly as you do?
1: I think the biggest thing is realizing just that communication is just so essential. I mean, I can communicate to a viewer through a morning newscast, but I think that there are stories I cover, even one recently, a community in East Toledo that wants a park. They've wanted this for a long time. Just are in real- the bar park? This is actually uh, Yondota Park in East Toledo. So I had talked to the neighbors out there and the biggest thing was they wanted it to actually be a park, not an open field the biggest thing that I had to do there was communicate. I had to communicate with them. I had to communicate with the city. I had to bring them together. Now it's on the city's radar. So I think the biggest lesson is just learning how essential being a good communicator is to making change.
0: Yeah, um, you can be kind of clumsy in your behavior even as an elected official, as a a CEO, but if you can communicate well and I'm not saying be manipulative or misleading, but if you can communicate well, um, your life's going to be a lot easier and a lot more things will get done that's for sure what's something that you have what else something that you have learned in four years of doing this
1: i think the other thing that i've learned just from this whole experience has been there's always more to it than what you see on the surface that's the biggest thing right because we're told things and then something else tells a completely other story so i think that learning that there's just so much more to every story is the biggest other lesson that i've learned it's just that some stories may seem simple on the surface but then you really get into it and you realize wow so I've had a lot of those moments being in this profession.
0: What, What's a pet peeve of yours when it comes to trying to get your job done? getting people on the phone or returning email.
1: I mean, not even that, actually, because I think some people are really efficient with that. But I think the biggest pet peeve is sometimes people, I guess this is more so in my case, because I'm a lot younger. People are expecting a commercial with their story and not realizing that, you know, this is journalism. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I think that a lot of people may have different perceptions of how I'm supposed to tell a story in some ways. I think that's kind of the biggest pet peeve. And sometimes people I don't think are clear on what I actually do. Right. I think the best way I explain it is I'm a TV reporter, but on social media. We're doing the same job here because, you know, I've had people and they're really kind about it, you know, ask about me taping events for them and things like that. I'm not an event photographer. (laughs) Right. I know people that are, but I'm actually the same person that you see on TV. So I'm just here covering the stories.
0: So what do you do and where can people follow you and make sure that they're getting the the best news possible?
1: Yeah. So I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Jaden underscore reports, J-A-D-E-N. I'm on Facebook under Jaden Jefferson and on YouTube at Jaden Jefferson reports.
0: Saturday morning. Saturday mornings.
1: Yes. Toledo News this morning, every Saturday at 7 a.m. on my YouTube page. I'm also going to be doing, I also do Community Focus, which is a long-form interview program. That Sundays at 11 a.m.
0: Who's been your favorite interview so far?
1: Oh, man. I've done so many good interviews. I feel like every interview is different. I think that the biggest one for me, (laughs) I remember I was out in Oregon and I was covering this story. This was a business where they had uh, someone breaking in repeatedly naked So the story was, of course, weird. But I feel like the owner of that business, he just had such a unique, what a unique individual. I mean, he's just a really unique Toledo in many ways. And I think that that's where I got a lot of my community pride from, right there in that interview.
0: From someone being naked, breaking into a store?
1: Well, not, of course, the suspect, but the owner of that business. He, uh, He had a unique personality. And I think that that's only really something you can find in the Midwest. I think it really was somebody who was just really open to talking and just... He didn't care what anybody thought of him. He was there because he had a bone to pick about this person breaking into his business.
0: Last question, I think. Is there anybody that you have spoken to that the community hasn't gotten to know enough of yet or they have the wrong idea about one example might be we have a new police chief yes. and he is not as twitter savvy maybe to uh, to his his brains uh the chief crawl was somebody like that There's somebody out there that you think the community has the wrong perspective or opinion about that you want to help kind of sh- change that and again not manipulate it but go whoa, whoa, whoa. You're, you're off on this person
1: you know, I don't think there's any necessarily public officials or people I've talked to over time. I think that the community kind of really gets to know people quickly. Although I would say just in general, when it comes to just local journalists, I think people oftentimes look at them and say, man, that wasn't a good story, or I didn't like how this was told, or this person seems like this. I think that people need to realize there definitely is more to just the surface in local journalism. Just kind of get to know these reporters, whether if you see them out, say hi, they'll be happy to talk with you.
0: Don't harass them. Don't harass them. Don't, don't cat call the women. Yes, don't do that either. Don't say ugly things to these people. Don't, don't throw hamburgers or food at Sean Haggerty. Don't do it. Just treat people with respect. And I know that can be very challenging. Yes.